Today, we are going to talk about building the bridge for your business. Uh, I am Josh Bickford. This is the In Bloom Podcast. You have made it to episode number 30. It is Tuesday, May the 23rd, 2023. And I'm so glad you have joined me today. Uh, this podcast is one where we enjoy a cup of coffee together and we talk about what it looks like to thrive in life and in real estate. Uh, increasingly, we're looking to the future and taking a peek around the corner. Uh, and this week, we are talking about bridge building uh, and staying focused on where things are today and building a bridge to the amazing future that is a little ways into our future. That's more of a medium term. Well, I'm not going to say long term future, but medium term future uh, so that we can make it easily through uh, the short term future, which is not, you know, that's going to be the valley, we'll say. So um, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Uh, we're going to expand on it today. And I'm going to give you two examples. I'm going to explain why, which we talked about assumable mortgages yesterday, but the realization I had with those uh, when the market was shifting in the middle of 2022 uh, and understanding in your own business you know, where you're, I'm going to say fatal flaw, it might not necessarily be a fatal flaw in your model or anything, but uh, where is the thing that what's coming could really expose you or hurt you? Uh, identifying that and then building a bridge over it. So um, I'm excited to get into this today. This is fun stuff. Um, as I was thinking through what I wanted to talk through, uh, I really wanted to dig into, you know, lots of businesses and, and ones that we know about. Uh, you know, maybe Nike and Facebook and Apple and whatever, you know, big name companies that everybody's heard of, Coca-Cola. Um, but that's probably not the best example. And I'm not intimately familiar with their business models and that sort of thing. So um, instead, we'll discuss stuff that I'm familiar with and stuff that you're familiar with. So uh, let's start with our coffee. Um, man, I've been using this mug a lot lately. Uh, I got it for my wife as a gift because I was so busy when I was in California, I never went shopping. Maybe I bought it at a gas station on the way out of the state near Lake Tahoe. But um, anyway, that's neither here nor here, here nor there. So let's enjoy our sip today, my friend. Hmm. Uh, who knew that bitter was so delicious? Um, all right, so bridge building. So we ended the podcast yesterday talking about um, you have to keep your eye on the amazing future that is coming. Um, I've got the book upstairs. I should have grabbed it. Um, the fourth turning is a book that you need to be familiar with. Uh, you can, I, I, I heard about it. The first, my kind of first exposure to it was an interview with the author with Tony Robbins. Uh, so if you, if you hop on YouTube and look up fourth turning Tony Robbins, uh, you'll probably find, I think it was, you know, 45 minutes to an hour long, something like that. But the fourth turning talks about time as like, we think of time as linear a lot of times. Uh, and I think that the description in the book is better where it's actually cyclical. Uh, so there is linear time, of course, it's the year 2023. Uh, we're not circling back to 1972 or something, but time as circular in that there's a cycle, there's a season. We have uh, spring, summer, fall, and then winter. We're in winter right now where everything unravels. Uh, they, digging in on that a little bit um, is really smart because it, it will help you to see that spring is coming. 
uh, you know, that there's death and then there's resurrection, maybe is another way to put it. But uh, in winter, you know, things that aren't healthy fall away. And then in spring, everything blossoms and, and there's optimism and hope and excitement and all that kind of stuff. That's what's coming. So you've got to wrap your mind around some of that as we walk through the next steps that we're going to walk through because um, our best days are not behind us. I'll tell you that right now. And you're going to hear that everywhere, that our best days are behind us, that we are an empire in decline, that whatever. You're going to hear all kinds of these phrases. Um, they're lies. They're short-sighted people or people who want to take advantage of you and us and and empower themselves and not, not us. So don't listen to those voices. Uh, what's coming is we have solved all of our problems and we have a united, optimistic future in front of us. And we're going to have a 15 to 20 year window that we won't be able to describe. Uh, I really think if you could go back to the 50s, I, like I really deep down believe so the late 40s into the 50s, all the way up till, um, you know, mid to late 60s when everything started to turn. Um, I would love to talk to people about what that was like. What was it like to see everybody having babies and, and, you know, all of like, like flight and space and television and entertainment, just the, the crazy stuff. Like we're going to go through the same thing, but it's going to be in our era. So, um, it's going to be like, I can't wait. It's going to be so fun. That is going to be so exciting. So you've got to keep your eye on that and you've got to be realistic about where we are today. You have to look at things without judgment. Do not fear them. We're building a bridge from where we are today to this unbelievable future because we want to skip the valley that we've got to go through to get there. So it became pretty obvious to me, um, you know, here in Colorado, my job was to uh, forecast sales prices of houses. We, we acquired homes. Uh, my team bought, well, I was in the job. I don't, we bought and sold 320 something, I think, uh, was the number. And our job was to acquire the home, forecast what it would sell for, what renovations we would need, and then buy it, fix it, sell it. And we had to be really accurate with that. Uh, and we were, um, we were really accurate actually. Um, we were four one hundredths of a percent higher in our actual ROI than we were in our forecasted ROI. So uh, my team did an incredible job. The whole team here really did a great job. Um, when the market started shifting, the focus, like the focus, started to see what at this price, what is the payment? And I, I saw a really bad house and in a rougher part of town that wasn't updated. It was 400 grand. And for an FHA buyer, it was like $4,000 a month. I'm like, nobody who's looking for that house can afford $4,000 a month. The people who can afford $4,000 a month are looking for um, green space behind the home. They're looking for finished basements. They're looking for luxury items and that sort of thing. Uh, so that really kind of is what really got my head around what's going on. Uh, and it became clear that assumable mortgages were going to be wildly popular because you could keep, you know, if you had an assumable mortgage on that house for the same amount, it was like 1500 bucks. I was like, hmm, you know, like that's, 
that's quite the difference. So we were, we started talking a lot about that. Assumable mortgages are really going to be a thing. And as time went on, it became more and more and more clear that those are going to be in high demand and nobody knows how to use them or anything. So uh, that began the process of me creating the course that I've created and thinking through what all of this was going to look like. Um, because those were the tool that was in the tool belt right now that people in the industry could use to help the people who had to move. Uh, those were going to be a huge blessing for the people who had them because they don't know that they've got something that's going to be like the highest demand and all that. But it, that was the lever that was left where it won't be all real estate, but the stuff with, with an assumable mortgage on it is going to fly and it's going to sell at a higher price. And that's going to be the thing that's going to help people who have to move, move. Um, that, that was so clear to me uh, going through that. And it was one of the problems that I saw that we had within our, our business models that if we bought the house, uh, we would no longer have an assumable mortgage on it. So it was impossible for me, it was impossible for us to acquire homes with an assumable mortgage. And it was clear to me that those were going to be the homes that, that were the most demand. What that then caused me to realize is that the shift from a seller's market to a buyer's market was going to be very difficult uh, on our business because we would buy houses and then we would own them and the difficult seller, the difficult market to sell to, it was was a problem like within the model itself because um, it doesn't matter how, how nice your house is. If you have another option that costs you half as much, the one that costs half as much is going to be the one that people choose. Uh, so I started to wrap my mind around that. And it was, oh man, we've done so much right here, uh, but we've only ever operated in a seller's market. And here we are in a buyer's market and we don't have a way around that problem. We don't have a way around the problem of high interest rates. Um, that is something we're just going to have to deal with. And that flaw was like looking at that in the face was was scary because you're like, hmm, like this is a this is a problem. And we're so far into the process right now that getting around that problem is going to be really difficult. Like how how much demand is there going to be for a six hundred thousand dollar house at 10 percent interest? Cash buyers only is the kind of demand you're talking about there. So uh, I think you're seeing that all over the real estate industry where people are, uh, you know, Airbnb people who are short-term rental folks who have a huge portfolios. If you go looking around in their groups and stuff, people are trying to sell their portfolios all as one thing. You know, it's, it's almost like it's, um, they're trying to keep all that information off the market. They're trying to, um, I don't want to say find the next sucker, but that's kind of the thinking. Like they don't want to be the, the bag holder. That's a good one. You do, they don't want to be the bag holder. So they're trying to find someone else to hold that bag. Um, with what the Federal Reserve is doing right now, they're pulling liquidity out of the market. Uh, so in the same way that a real estate business has to find a way to get around um get around lack of buyer demand or affordability problems, that sort of thing. You know, the solution isn't, you know, 
talking, you know, texting your buyer the day after you go under contract to make sure that the buyer's remorse they're experiencing, and they all do at that point, um, that the buyer's remorse is bad. That's not the solution. The solution is to find a way around the problem uh, completely. You're, oh, you want to know that you're doing the right thing. Well, let's find you an assumable mortgage, and it'll make so much sense compared to everything else you're looking at that you won't even question it. Uh, like that sort of thing. So they are, they're pulling liquidity out. So I think where you've got to focus first is what parts of your business are exposed to that. Uh, if you're a business that sells cheeseburgers, obviously nobody's borrowing money to, to acquire a cheeseburger, obviously. Now you have had to deal with the problem of inflation with the cost of beef and that and all your other stuff and labor and everything. Uh, certain parts of the country you've had to figure out how to keep your employees safe from your customers, you know, like that's, that's all real stuff that people have had to figure out over the last few years. But if, if people are using leverage around, that's how they do business with you. You're going to have to find a way around that. Uh, car manufacturers figured out leases long ago. Uh, interesting thing right now, nobody's leasing because the economics of that don't make any sense. Uh, probably when the car manufacturers really, really pour into making leases affordable to move their inventory, um, that that's kind of how you'll see them work around work around this. Uh, but if people are leveraged, so you know, like in in the crypto space, nobody thought there was leverage there. Yeah, there's a ton. So that will obviously reduce buyer demand. If people have to spend their actual money and they're not borrowing a hundred grand to buy crypto at a time, uh, it's it's a different it's a different thing. So you have to look at at the steps that are coming. So when a central bank fights inflation, they essentially have to. There's that's too many dollars following or chasing too few goods. So we can go the route where we seek to ramp up production. We outsourced all of that in this country wisely, of course. Uh, so that's not really something we can do anymore. So what we have to do is, is make lending harder, we raise interest rates, we reduce liquidity, and we reduce the money supply. Uh, that is going to, you know, like talk of a soft landing has been a lie from the day it was first mentioned, um, just like the word transitional was. So you have to think through where, where is liquidity going to be an issue within my business model. And then you've got to locate that and you have to find a way around it. There can be all kinds of solutions. Like, like when I was thinking through Apple, Apple in the last couple of years has moved into a lot of subscription service based things so that their business model is not simply hardware or software for, you know, they've got a lot of software too. Uh, if fewer people buy iPhones, but more people buy into the iCloud, like they can ride this thing out. They don't need to sell as many iPhones uh, as they used to because they have other cash flows coming in. You know, the, the iPhone, I, I've never dug into this. I would be really curious as to what the cash flow is for them on an iPhone versus the App Store. You know, same thing. Like you've got to, they're a huge company and they have tons and tons and tons of money because they've figured this stuff out. You know, they, they, uh, my brother and I were talking last week and they, they will have created an iPhone, shipped it to America or wherever, sold it 
stocked it and then sold it before they have to pay their supplier for the iPhone. So they don't have to borrow money. And like that's a brilliant business move that they've done. Um, you've got to think through your business like that. Like, okay, this is going to be the difficult part. We need to find a way around it. Maybe it's a monthly subscription instead of one expensive thing. Maybe it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, new, um, a new silo that you have where you can offer your service in a new way or uh, offer your products in a new way that will move you around the pain that will be in the marketplace. Um, you've got to keep your focus on what's coming the good and you've got to be honest about where everything is right now and then look for the opportunities therein. In residential real estate, as I've discussed, assumable mortgages are the top of the list. If you're not in those, you are crazy. Um, new construction is going to be um, an opportunity. I think creative deal making is going to be it's going to make a, a big comeback too. Uh, you're gonna that that was popular in the '80s, uh, where people got you know that's I, in my mind that's where the term creative real estate and all that probably started. Um, there's going to be opportunities for people who can't sell and just have to rent, and there'll be business models that can be built off of serving those people, uh, for sure. Property management is going to be a thing. Um, new construction, uh, the, the vacation areas and stuff. There's going to be a lot of short-term rentals uh, that are going to be coming off the market. There's going to be a lot of people who are trying to save those. If you're an interior designer or you're, you're somebody who can add value to a property, especially if you can do it in a discount way, you know, where you're like a ninja from Ikea kind of thing, there's a lot of market opportunity for you right now in people trying to figure this out and how everything's going to change. Uh, don't limit yourself to what you currently do or the way that you've always done things. Sit down and, and figure out where is their leverage? Where is my risk actually? What, what are the threats within my business model? Um, and you have to be honest. Don't, get, don't put rose-colored glasses on. But, oh, this is temporary. If we're in a 10-year fight for inflation to save the dollar, you've got a decade in front of you where you have to navigate this. Uh, that's not a short-term thing. If you, if you look at it from that perspective, you can say, all right, if this is gonna take 10 years, I'm gonna have to operate differently. If I'm gonna have to operate differently, what does that look like? Come up with some things. Don't be afraid to share them with people. Ideas are freaking worthless. It's the execution that matters. So you might have the smartest idea you have ever heard and you don't wanna tell anybody because you're worried about them executing on it. They're not going to. Ideas are completely worthless. I'm telling you, that is one of the biggest lies that we all believe is that I, it's the million dollar idea. It is not the million dollar idea. It is not the iPhone that made Apple rich. It is their supply chain and their business model. It's the execution on that iPhone that made them rich because it is, when you, when you dig into it from that perspective, it's amazing. Like what they accomplish and how the money moves around and all that is brilliant. Um, absolutely brilliant and that is why they are so popular today um, google when they entered the marketplace and made their search engine and then how they tied in you know you could look you know if if you sold kitchen utensils you could not have to market during wheel of fortune and spend a ton of money for just a sliver of their audience you could spend just a little bit of money to get exclusively in front of people who are looking for kitchen utensils uh, that's why google got so big uh, you know, like 
there's brilliance be, behind all that stuff, and it's it's because it's well thought out. So I would encourage you, spend some time looking at your business model. Spend some time exposing yourself to where you are at risk. If, you know, like let's say we hit a recession or God forbid a depression and economic conditions are really bad. How can people conduct business with you in those times? You've got to build that right now so that when it happens or when things get worse, you're right there and you are the one that is in place to do business with because you're ahead of the market a little bit. My, you know, my assumable course is way ahead of the market. People still are completely unaware uh, that that's going to be a thing. They don't, they're not looking into how to thrive with those. They're not looking into how to list them. Um, I, I got on Redfin and looked in the San Francisco Bay Area for the word assumable or assume, and there wasn't a single listing. Like that's bananas to me because it's not that there's none available. It's just nobody knows how to market them. And San Francisco has had the steepest decline in the entire country. Uh, so people need to jump in on that, you know, like um, figure out where you're exposed and figure out how to get around that, build a bridge over it and thrive, man. Like th this is the time to level up. This is when you add a zero to your net worth. This is when your business goes from little to big or your name goes from, you know, kind of well-known to known everywhere. Like the recession is the opportunity to level up. And we don't get a lot of these. And I think the opportunity that we're looking at is probably going to be the biggest one of our life. And I want you to take advantage of it. I want you to thrive. I want you to stand on the other side of the bridge that you have built uh, and find yourself in a place of honor, in a place of recognition, because you did something unbelievable. And you are someone that Maybe you went from obscurity to well-known within your industry or well-known uh, to the people that you serve. Like what an unbelievable opportunity that is. So if you've got value out of today's podcast, share it with a friend. Uh, if you have not subscribed or connected with me on socials, uh, subscribe. This is live Monday through Thursday, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Twitter. If we're not connected on those, let's connect. Uh, I upload to Facebook. We can connect there. Uh, links are in the description below to each of these platforms. Uh, if you listen on audio, if I have a voice for radio and my face was definitely not for TV, uh, that's cool. Um, leave a review. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, the goal of, of my work, the goal of everything I do is to see people thrive. I want you to enter into the spring season that is coming from an unbelievable position of strength. I don't want you to have a beard that's four feet long and your hair is, looks like you've um, cut it with a machete and you're just haggard and worn and completely decimated from, from the struggle through what is coming. We don't, you don't need to do that. Plan ahead, don't fear anything, and thrive. That's what we want for you. So I hope today's one of the best days of your life. And I so appreciate our time together. Coffee. And conversation is the best. Like connecting that way is just the best. That's that's one of the best things about being an adult. Let's be honest. It's even better than beer. I'm right. I know. Um, God bless you. Have a fantastic day. And I will see you tomorrow.